Hey gang, and welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. On today's show, we have Jordan Lake and Matthew Cooper. Jordan and Matthew are the owners of Working Against Gravity and the brains and brilliance behind Seismic, the coaching app that we as WAG coaches use daily. The app was built from the ground up by these two longtime friends to provide a solution for the Working Against Gravity staff in order to coach more clientele in an organized and streamlined fashion. Now, Seismic is available for anyone who is in the nutrition coaching universe, not just WAG coaches. If that's you and you want to check it out, head over to GetSeismic.com for a free trial. Now, on with the show. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to be had. So, (laughs) lots... Yeah. Lots to talk about, um, and again, we're we're talking to two guys that are deep within the tech world um, and are obviously deeply involved with what WAG has going on and all the things that are uh, we got going on in the new year. Um, so I wanted to get right into uh, this first question. So go ahead, Chris. All right. So guys, we want to know where you hail from and who do you share your space with? Who do you share life with? Well, I'm from Milwaukee uh, without the L. That's how we say it, Milwaukee. And I've been here all my life, born and raised, uh, South Milwaukee, which is southeastern Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin. That's a true, true Midwestern, yeah, yeah pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I live um, probably like a mile from Lake Michigan, hmm. west of Lake Michigan. So nice. Who all do you have in your household? Who do you live with? I live with myself and my wife, Sarah, and our now one and a half year old named Pickles, (laughs) who's a a cat. I love that. I was secretly hoping that that was your child, and it was just named Pickles, but but kind of deduced that it might be an animal. He he may still do it. He may may still reuse that name. Yeah, Pickles too. He might. (laughs) And uh, Matthew... (laughs) <laughs> Where do you hail from and who do you live with, Matthew? Um, yeah, so I'm actually originally from a small town in Florida called McClenny, Um, But the past 12 years or so, I live just outside of Atlanta um, with my wife, Erica. And we have two dogs, a yellow Labrador who's now 14 years old, and a mm. beagle that's uh, she's like 11 now, I guess. And then we also have a cat, which is Kaylee. I don't really know how old she is. We rescued her, but yeah, that's our little uh, zoo that we live in here outside of Atlanta. <laughs> in perfect yeah. timing as Josh's cat walks across behind him. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 must be hungry. She's making all sorts of noise, so that's good. Mm. <laughs> She's responding to check. That's right. Yeah. the door to this room so yeah. that my cat wouldn't come in here because otherwise she would be causing havoc the whole time. Yeah. If you if you re-listen to the intro behind behind Josh, you can hear Kaylee. You can hear her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can hear her. She's probably right out there. We have a cat door that comes in, into my office, so it's like we're kind of doomed. I can't block her unless I put like a piece of wood up. <laughs> uh, both, <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, hopefully she won't cause too much too much trouble. But it's nice to meet another uh, cat lover. I'm a big fan, big fan of cats. Chris is a dog dog type guy, but. Yeah, but we'll forgive him. We'll forgive him. Yeah. We lean we <laughs> lean heavier choice. to dogs in this house. My my wife just felt bad for Kaylee and oh we okay found her and so we rescued her. Oh. But we lean more towards the dog side of things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. So I guess they, that's that's Chris okay. Are on a team. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can all get along. You know. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um. So, <laughs> so how did you guys? I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go back. We'll start with Jordan uh, on this one. But how did you guys get involved with WAG and, and just in the nutrition space in general? Well, the nutrition space came to me before WAG. Um, it started in probably 2014-ish for me, my nutrition fitness journey. I was up around, I think, 235, 230. And I, I really should be healthy weight for me is around 180, 190. So I had I had some weight on me. Um, and for whatever reason, I just got really motivated and wanted to lose that weight. 
which sent me down into the getting jacked hole, you know, just <laughs> getting jacked yeah. and get beefy. huge. <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, what, what, uh, what guy wouldn't want that. Right. And it comes so easily. All you got to do is go to the gym, eat lots of meat and you're that's just going to, you're yeah, going to get that's, jacked. That's a rumor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did what any, scientifically sound mind would do and that I, I I went to the internet and I started researching how to do that and of course all of the forums told me what I needed to do which was eat a lot of meat uh, which I did and I ended up gaining a lot of weight uh, just not the right kind of weight and I just felt like I had no idea what I was doing at this point I didn't know who yeah. Yeah, to I mean. trust right so I thought, hey, I'll go get, I'll start a workout routine. And I had a, a friend at the time who just started, um, I forget what, I, I, I forget exactly um, the area of expertise, but basically he, he would help people um, with workout routines. And for a very long time, I would go to his uh, house in his garage and we would weightlift and he was really big into Olympic weightlifting and he followed uh Donnie Shankel. I don't know if you guys remember him. Um yeah, he definitely. loved Olympic weightlifting. He'd watch videos. He'd show me videos like, I'll oh, watch this guy throw this weight yeah. over his head. And of course, you know, association, I wanted to start sure. doing that too. Uh so that kind of got me into the world of Olympic weightlifting and understanding who was all in that space at that time. And so I started following people like Don Shankle and, um, you know, Adi Zucker was in there. She was in the mix. And I started listening to Barbell Shrugged. Um, and I, I noticed that my, my weight wasn't coming down. I was kind of getting stronger, but my weight wasn't coming off. I was really kind of an uncomfortable weight. And I wanted the uncomfortability to go away. So I asked my trainer, I said, what do I got to do to get this weight to go away faster? You know, I've been working at this for for like a week now, <laughs> and I'm not shredding. What do I need to do? <laughs> and he said, well, you know, the biggest gains come from the kitchen. You might want to yeah. address what you're eating. And that's that kind of goes back to where I, I first started with my nutrition um, and, and trying to dial that in. It just didn't work. And my trainer at the time was basically just, I mean, he was focused on weightlifting and not gotcha. on nutrition. Mm. So fast forward a little bit more and I, I realized I need a coach. I didn't know these things existed, but there's people out there that will, will watch what you do and tell you, hey, don't do this, do that. And I, and I thought, hey, that's great. And... It just so happened that I listened to a, a podcast where Adi was talking about what she did during her day, her average day. Get up, go to the gym, then she went to work, then she'd come back to the gym. She's talking about nutrition like it was no big deal. It's like, yeah, you just do this, this, and this. So I thought, why don't I give WAG a try and see what they can tell me? Uh, and it turns out um, they knew all the things that I didn't know and told me all the things I needed to do. And it was a long time to me, but that was only because my I had my expectations in reverse order. But looking back, I made some pretty good progress in a short amount of time. I think I got down to about 180. I had just the 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 openings of abs you could you could barely start to see them and to me looking back at it i just it's the coolest thing to be able to do that i didn't think i'd be able yeah. to do it and i did it and it's because i had i had somebody helping me along and you know figuring out what um what i should or shouldn't be doing of course all of that was during the time of spreadsheets mm -hmm. and emails and every week was a copy yep. of the yep. previous week's email and you know, tracking your food um, in a in a copy of a spreadsheet. It was just getting a little laborious. And I was already a application developer for enterprise, you know, these large, you know, apps I've been already working on. I just thought, you know what? This would be really cool if this was an app. 
because then you could just track it all. Your coach could see it whenever. They wouldn't have to search yeah. for you in their email, you know. And I think in 2015, I approached a D and kind of presented her with this idea of, you know, creating an app to help her coaches coach people and creating an app for their clients like myself to see the data that I wanted to see and keep it in all one, all in one place, progress pictures, all that stuff. And I think it was a probably maybe one or two years later, um, seismic was born, you know, we partnered together and that's when I brought Matthew in to help me create seismic. So Matthew, knows all of the infrastructure behind behind the scenes which at the time I didn't most and most of the stuff that Matthew knows I don't know when it comes to servers so Matthew's the server infrastructure guy and he was I brought him in to handle all the server stuff and between him and I yeah we we were the ones that made seismic happen in around 2016 Many Man, yeah. we are forever grateful yeah. Yeah. for you both yeah, for doing think, that. Yeah. Us, um, as, us as WAG coaches and then all the um, other coaching businesses and uh, people that are using it are, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing like it. So I, a quick question just to back up real quick. You had a relationship with Matthew obviously prior to your you getting into uh, like tracking your food and, and working on lifting and all that stuff, correct? Yeah, the <clears throat> the the story of how Matthew and I kind of came together in the universe is kind of an interesting story. Uh, we used to play, and we didn't know who we who we were at the time. But back around ninety six, ninety seven, wow. maybe even up to ninety nine, we were in the same chat room, in the same wow, so this, playing this the same 15 game. Years before you guys teamed up to build this uh, yeah. this app. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we would we would play a game online yeah. called Descent. One and two. We were really big. And I was making levels for it and and um Matthew was really good at uh playing in multiplayer. I sucked, <laughs> but I still liked playing yep. it. And I think around two thousand eight, so that kind of faded sure. in away. You know, I moved out of my parents' house, I stopped playing <laughs> video games and got married and moved on with life. And then in 2008, uh, I opened up my chat app, which at that time seemed archaic. It was called yes. ICQ. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember ICQ? Oh, yeah. I think I even still remember my I still ICQ. Got mine in my head. What was the there? noise? Wasn't like, uh-oh. Wasn't it? Didn't have like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> little, like, sounds. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was just before AOL, it was before AIM, AOL yeah. Instant Messenger. And it, it was, um, I think it had like an IRC chat plugin that you could get. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Well, I installed it and I, cause I remembered my ICQ number at the time. I logged in and sure enough, Kumba, who was uh, <laughs> Matthew, was online. <laughs> and I thought, this is a blast from the past. Um, you know, are you still playing Descent, you know, yada, yada. And at the time, it turns out that I had been doing a lot of photography work, and I had explored photography quite extensively, and Matthew was just getting into it. And so I started to mentor and give him all of the knowledge that I had yep. to him. Um, and, you know, time passed by, another, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. And we're, you know, we would still keep in touch because we would be practicing photography together. And that's when WAG started. So that's how it goes wow. back to 95, really. That's incredible. That is, um, yeah. <laughs> I love, it's just, I've been smiling this whole time just because like the parallels, Jordan, that you've been explaining are so familiar to me because i think we're we're not too far apart in age and all that but yeah you mentioning icq and just <laughs> you, your journey and all that stuff like oh my god like i got broken up with over icq in high school <laughs> 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 by one, like my you know like uh and, I, and and 
I remembered my ICQ number for the longest time. It was like one of those, like, why do I know this kind of thing? You know, um, that's fascinating. I love the, the long connection that you guys have had. Um, and so, uh, Matthew, like, what was your introduction into, um, you know, outside of kind of like Jordan, you know, opening your world, did you have any other, uh, you know, connection to health and nutrition space or was this, was this an entirely no, it was, thing it, to you? It was Jordan that, that, that brought me in on it. Um, not very exciting for me i guess and, and maybe not very relatable but i have been uh historically underweight my entire life so whereas most people have been trying to lose weight i think i've spent most of my life trying to gain weight um mm-hmm. and you know an easy way to do that is just eat a ton of food i guess um so sure. yeah <laughs> at the time i wasn't really um you know personally looking into anything nutrition wise jordan just came to me and said hey uh, you know I'm doing, I'm on this journey for the nutrition stuff. I'm working on this app. Didn't have a name at the time. It was just going to be this, you know, nutrition app for this company working against gravity. I need some help with some stuff. Can you help me out? I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause we had known each other for so long. I'm like, yeah, I'll help. You know? So after even during work, to be honest, now that I don't work at this other <laughs> place, I guess I can say it, but at my old yeah. job, I'd be talking to Jordan to help him out with it. And then, it, like I said, late into the evenings, we'd be working on that. Um, and it wasn't until I guess maybe working on that for a few years that what impacted me, I guess, was that nutrition that WAG was showing to their clients was changing people's lives. And so that was something that I'd never considered before is like, oh, like eating and all this like actually affects people's lives like so dramatically. I guess I had never thought about it because it never really affected me personally. But being involved with the company uh, even just for a short period of time, I started to recognize that and it became much more interesting to work in the space outside of just, you know, oh, I'm here to do tech stuff or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it opened your world to a whole new realm. Yeah, it just changed my perspective. Yeah. Interesting. So I know you guys have been in like, you know, designing apps and web development and all that stuff for some years, but what were some, what, what did you guys do before this? And what was the what was that shift to pursue these careers? Yeah, especially especially field. full yeah full time like you said you were working on this at your other job which is which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean I can go first. I was yeah. I was working. I spent eleven years working for a liquor distributor in their IT department. Um, I actually started working there a little bit out of high school. I went in and. I just so happened to get a job like running their IT department because I was really good. I had, you know, I'd grown up like just interested in computers. And by the time I was out of high school, I was already, I guess, good enough that I was able to interview well and, and get a job working for this liquor distributor, like their their local branch office where I lived and ran their IT department. So I did that for like five years, which was, you know, if it plugged into the wall, you got to figure out how to deal with this, which was, you know, interesting and a good learning process good for learning how to like troubleshoot things and whatnot. But, um, so I did that for five years and then they wanted me to move up to Atlanta to the corporate office. And so that's what I did. I ended up moving up, took a job at the corporate office. That's how I wound up in Atlanta where I I still am. Um, I did that for, I said six years, but I'd say about four years into that, maybe three and a half is when Jordan approached me about the seismic stuff and that's when we started working on that and so I would work on that like I said during you know in between doing what I had to do at my regular job and then in, in the evenings we'd be up a lot of nights till midnight one o'clock in the morning working through problems and issues just trying to get stuff sorted I think the goal at least for me and and, and maybe for Jordan too is I had tired greatly of my corporate job at that point um, I'd been on like 24 seven, 365 call for years. And it was just like, it was absolutely soul sucking to be honest. Um, you know, they call you at three, four o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, when you roll in at eight fifteen instead of eight o'clock, they're like, well, what are you doing? You're late. It was just those kind of things that just made me tired of doing that. And I was like looking for a way out of that. And so I saw this as like, oh, this might be my way to get away from that where like, you know, I can have a job that provides for me and my family, but isn't going to like completely crush me on a daily basis. And that's what it became. Um, 
I eventually quit that job and came to work full-time for WAG. And, um, yeah, changed my life, honestly. Oh, that's cool. Yes, I love that. <laughs> well, my career kind of has an odd start. My first career was when I think I was around 10. My My dad instilled in me the entrepreneurial spirit. He bought me this green... Uh, parking lot line striper where you plug the can in and it's got the handle and you pull the trigger and it sprays yeah. a line <laughs> and and I, I made my first graphic design project was in paint and I made business cards for myself and I put them into my little Epson printer each one individually and I printed out little business cards and I went around the town asking if they wanted your your parking lot restriped. Wow. And um, I think it was, my first job was at a, a motorcycle dealership, and the, the guy actually was nice enough to allow this kid to paint lines on his in his driveway. And I remember it being, I remember it looking pretty professional, but that was through <laughs> the eyes of a 10-year-old. I can only imagine how, I mean, those lines must have been all <laughs> over the place, but... <laughs> I think the I think it lasted about a year or two. I think we went back and they were all faded. But anyways, that was my first job. My second job was with my dad as an electrician. And that was what I thought I was going to be, was an electrician. My best friend was in business with my dad. They were partners. And we thought, me and my best friend thought we were going to grow up, inherit the business, and that's who we were going to be. We we're going to be electric company business owners. Didn't happen. Some things in life with my dad and my business partner's life changed with the business. Business didn't work out. Um, and at the time, I kind of didn't really feel it was my passion, considering all the other things out in the world that I could do. And the one thing that really fired me up was graphic design. I thought, wow, I could be artful and somebody would pay me for this. Um. So I went off to that route and my dad was, you know, very supportive of that, which looking back, I mean, to have a dad that I look back at my dad and I see him wanting, wanting me to take over the business and wanting to become an electrician because that's what he did. But I never felt like he was, he forced me to. And when I told him I wanted to be a graphic designer, he immediately was writing up plans to figure out how to make that happen. Um, he paid for my schooling, my tech schooling. Um, and I look back and I, I appreciate that so much that, um, you know, he didn't say, well, this is the way it's going to be in the, you know, in this household, we're electricians and, you know, you're not going to be some pansy graphic designer. You're going to be a real man. You're going to be an electrician. Um, I'm so glad that he, he wasn't like that. And he allowed me to grow that even on, I remember I was on a, I was on a scissor lift in a creative company downtown the Third Ward, Milwaukee, hanging a light fixture above a desk. And my dad was scheming with the owner of that company. He actually got me an internship and I ended up sitting at that desk where I hung <laughs> the light. So even then my dad was trying to figure out how to get this to, ha to happen for me. Um, and so that's, I got an internship there at this company. It was called Core Creative. I think they're actually still there. Uh, my boss, my first boss, boss the, fir uh, the best first boss anybody could have, Andrew Grossman. Shout out to Andrew. Um, <laughs> we totally hit. Yeah, shout out to Andrew. Um, he's still out there. He's still doing the, doing the tech thing. I've, I've met up with him a few times over the years for lunch. Uh, another empowering person, uh, just giving me work and, and seeing, you know, having a vision for what I, you know, ultimately wanted to become. Um, and then after that, you know, the internships, you know, they don't last forever. So that didn't last um, forever. And I went back to being a, an electrician for a while up until I got married in 2004. And then one of my other friends, uh, Stephen Fisher, who I owe 90, 
90% of my career development is to Stephen Fisher. Stephen worked uh, at a company called Cheney Systems, and for anybody living in Milwaukee, you'll remember that their commercials, I'm not going to even attempt to sing it, but they had a very famous radio uh, personality who would sing the Cheney Systems jingle, and at the time when you listen to radio, you'd, you'd remember that, that jingle. Anyways, he got me a job there as a graphic designer, working with him he was my boss and um which was kind of cool because we would play video games together so now my friend is my boss so hey it's cool um and one day and maybe he remembers this differently but this is how i remember it one day they him and his boss basically kind of told me yeah you need to make these websites work like you need to learn javascript um and so i had to learn javascript and i had and I worked at home, so I didn't have like a, a desk mate or a, another employee sitting next to me. So I kind of had to teach it to myself. You know, I could ask my boss questions and, and things like that. But that was not like my brain was not in programmer mode. I was not a programmer. I tried, I tried programming, and I realized this is probably my first mistake. I picked C++ as my first programming language to learn. But I tried programming very young, and it did not work. I... I tried it and it was, there's just, it felt like there was no way. There's no way. Yeah. My brain is not geared for this Matthew's, kind of thinking. Real quick, Matthew's um, face when you said C++ was like, <laughs> if you're watching the podcast, like <laughs> that was, that was outstanding. I think Matthew, I feel like you have some things to say about C++, but maybe we'll, I guess we can, we can wait and let Jordan continue, but that was just classic. It's very funny. If you're I just had a very familiar experience, is what George oh, okay. was talking about. Okay, it's fair like, enough. Uh, it might have been. I think it was C plus plus was the first thing I looked at as well as trying to learn, and it was like, yeah, this isn't happening. I think I was like maybe <laughs> thirteen or fourteen when I tried to dig into that, and I was like, nah, this is impossible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you either need to have the mind. Like you need to be born with it where you you see it and, you, and you're like, yeah, I don't really get this, but I'm going to learn this. Or you need to have somebody teach you. Got it. When Got it comes it, yeah. to programming. You're, you're literally learning another um, language. You know, you're learning the structure yeah. of making things happen in its own unique language. And all those development platforms all kind of have their own unique language, right? And I... I think programmers are kind of notorious for not being very human, or at least that's what, you know, a lot of the, um, <laughs> that's the stereotype for programmers. And so th to teach, in order to be a teacher, you need to connect at a human level. You need to be able to, to be able to connect with someone and understand how they learn and understand different perspectives. And it's very difficult to find a really good person that teaches programming. It's very difficult, I think. Uh, and it's very difficult to teach programming because it, it's so nuanced and there's so many different ways to do the same thing. And there's so many things you need to, to kind of know, but not know just to get started. And it opens up this whole world of like questions of like, well, if we're doing this here, why aren't we doing this over here? Almost all the um, teachers and educational materials it, I ever run into, they always make too many assumptions about what people know when it comes to programming. And so it's just very yeah. difficult. Like what Jordan said, it's hard to find someone to actually like treat me like I know nothing. Like I don't understand anything. Like I, I was just born into this world and you have to explain to me how to like even to breathe. Like, and that just, and yeah, yeah, not many people teach that way. But for one other, for for one reason or another, JavaScript happened to be a language that was easily accessible to me because I could I could run code that I found in my browser. So the development environment was easy to set up. I didn't have to figure out how to install a development environment. I didn't under, didn't have to understand how and where to run you know console commands or things like that. It was just in the browser, and so that got me. Um, taking the things that I had made visually and being able to make them work, which for me was incredibly satisfying. It's like a car designer finally seeing 
their car in real life and they can actually use it and drive it. And that's what being a programmer was like for me. It was incredibly satisfying. Um, my boss and my friend Steven moved on to a different job a year later. He brought me with him, uh, this time to a different uh, agency, this time working more in like Microsoft type products. Uh, I got certified in SharePoint. That was a major nightmare in my life. Again, we have uh, Matthew. It's a nightmare in anybody's <laughs> life. It's the, the biggest dumpster fire of think, all time created by Microsoft. I think you'll find that it, most programmers' careers are filled with anxiety and stress and nightmare until they finally are just not actually working. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I spent a lot of time um, doing graphic design and programming in SharePoint, which at the time was kind of novel. It was a novelty to have a, a programmer that knew how to program custom solutions for this SharePoint thing, but also make SharePoint look and brand it to the company. So that's what I, what I spent a lot of my time doing at that point. And again, another career move, my friend and boss, Stephen Fisher moved to another company, this time to an advertising agency. And a year later he brought me with him. And that's where both of us really started working on creative more creative solutions. Um, and this is where I started to get into iPad apps. Um, and yeah, and that's, it was at, it was at that job is when I started also trying to lose some weight. Cause how, how many years was that? That was probably uh, several years, uh, just d developer buildup. You know, just sitting there, sitting there and sitting there and stress and stress and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, you know, more uncomfortable. Well, you guys spend um, a lot of hours working on what you're working on. And I imagine like once you're in the zone with something, it's hard to just have like a structured, a structured start and stop to your day. Right. Like if you're in it, you probably just stick with it. Right. And you guys oh, can yeah. just go into the late hours of the night because I, I know Matthew, I know you're a you can pretend to be a late night guy, you know, working on things into the uh, early morning, you know, just because it's like you're in the zone. You got to get this done or you're just you're flowing. Well, when you so get into code or design, flow? yeah, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It takes up a lot of your time. Yeah. It's a puzzle. Yeah, it's a puzzle. You you pick up a puzzle and, you know, or it's like a maze sometimes, too. You've, you're, you've remembered all the steps to get mm -hmm. to where you've gotten. And if you were to walk away and pick it up tomorrow, you would have forgotten all the lefts and rights and straights and all that. So you got to get to a spot where you you no longer have to remember all that. And sometimes that means sitting in your chair at 8 a.m. and not getting up from your chair until mm -hmm. 1 in the morning. And um, sometimes when you leave your chair at 1 in the so morning, that, you go and dream about it and you continue <laughs> to work on it and it just carries over into the next day. <laughs> yeah. For me yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that comes with not having a large mm -hmm. team, which we, when Matthew and I started, it was, you know, that was just yeah. us. So there's a lot of work and to make, and to make seismic, you know, seismic was built, um, in its first early adaptation, it was built by myself and Matthew. It wasn't built by some huge, huge team. So, you know, all that work would get spread across maybe three or four, ideally 10 people, uh, if you include designers, because it was all designed by myself, too. So we didn't, you know, subcontract designs or anything like that. So, um, yeah, lots of lots of uh, time and energy and late, late nights and early yeah. mornings. That, that That's a nice, I mean, unintentional kind of segue, because my next question was going to be um can you talk briefly about the different versions of seismic that uh that we've been using and the current one that you're working on the first version which was 
I would say alpha. It was never released. It was meant. It was. It was an app that was meant for just working against gravity. In fact, it wasn't even going to be named Seismic. It was just going to be a part of the Working oh, Against wow. Gravity website. And I had this idea where I thought we should really be making this for growth. And what if we get to a spot where we want to have other businesses use this software? So at the time, you know, that that can be a very scary thing to, you know, it kind of makes it look like, oh, we're just going to be creating right. competition for ourselves. Why would we want to do that? So that idea was was shelved. Um, and to be more specific, the answer to that idea was no, we are not going to do that. I disagreed with that idea and I built it in in into it anyways because we could always, you know, I could always just turn it on later. Better to build it now and not need it than... And I felt like this this was going to be ultimately from a growth perspective a no brainer. There's going to be at some a, some some point there's going to be right. where this makes a whole lot of sense. Um, the first version that we released of Seismic uh, was the version prior to where we are at today, version version one. Um, and that was built on some technology that I had learned over the previous years prior to 2015. So for programmers out there, web developers, we're talking like web forms, ASP.NET, postbacks. Um, so not any sort of Angular, no single page app. I mean, it was pretty... Compared to now, yeah. it, was, it was archaic. And Matt, Matthew, you was. were in, deeply involved with this process as well. Yeah. Um, uh, there were some technologies, I remember, that we were kind of getting into that have carried over into the new version that neither one of us had really done anything with. Um, Redis is one thing that comes to mind that we spent a ton of... Yeah. It's a, like a caching... Uh, system that allows you to cache different things and then access it very quickly and I remember that was one of the systems that we spent a ton of time with trying to get that working because we just didn't have much experience with it again it was it was just whatever Jordan and I had known from the past and then trying to figure out like oh we've got this problem how do we solve this mm -hmm. with what we know and so like what Jordan said version one we got it done but it was very archaic by the time it was finished. It was, it was already kind of out of date. Like it got the job done, but it needed to go and change for the future. Yeah. That's where version two came about. And, and almost immediately after we finished version one, we were already working on version two. Yeah, we didn't do so. much development on version one after the release. It almost went immediately into version two, which is what we're on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of it's no, kind of disingenuous to say just version two because version two has lasted such a long time that it's really like version three, four, five, and six with all the different things that we've put into it. But we still just refer to it as version two because of the um, tech stack, I guess you could say that it's running on. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, lo I love uh, the how you guys say that it's uh, the, you know the version one, if you will, was such an archaic thing. Because uh, in mine and Josh's eyes, I'm sure Josh can agree, and for the other handful of coaches that were kind of those OG coaches working in what I believe was the archaic version, which was, uh, and for perspective for our listeners, uh, what Jordan was referring to earlier with like, you know, an email with a spreadsheet and photos, yeah. uh, the idea is how us coaches were working behind the scenes um, was that ideally if a, a client would check in, uh, through our personal, you know, Chris at workingagainstgravity.com email address, whatever, they would send in an email with like the summary for their week. And ideally, they would have their spreadsheet attached that was uh, filled out with like, you know, their weight recordings, uh, their calories, their macros, their measurements. And then we had some formulas in there to kind of show like, you know, their weight trends graphed out on a little graph and uh, kind of like success rate of hitting their calories and things like that. And then ideally as well, they would have their progress photos attached to the emails and as josh knows uh that was very rarely ever the case <laughs> um, for all so of them all at once all of them all at once from, was rare yeah. yeah 
yep. all met all at once, right? So we're all working in our inboxes, these Gmail inboxes, and you might get a check-in, and you're like, okay, well, here's a summary, but where's this person's spreadsheet? And you'd be like, oh, I got an, and then I got another email with the spreadsheet, uh, or maybe another email with the the progress photos. So it was kind of like a lot of scrambling around to kind of keep the pieces together, and it was definitely more time consuming. So you guys coming in with this solution for us coaches to house all this information in one place, not only for the convenience of the coach, but for the convenience of the client was talk about going from archaic to worlds beyond anything anyone, any of us coaches could have ever dreamed. You know, um, yeah. it was such a huge improvement for our workflow, uh, the ability to kind of structure our day, uh, to make sense of like our clients um, and, and really allowed us to actually focus on doing the job rather than chasing down information, yeah. you know, and all the components of what we needed to properly reply uh, to everyone's check ins and got yeah i mean yeah it huge <laughs> such a huge change <laughs> in regards to version one being archaic I, I don't think we're talking so much about like how y'all utilized it and like the actual like way we set it up for users to use it like that's mm -hmm. kind of remained the same even in the version two there's been tweaks and changes and stuff the actual yeah. like idea behind it was sound and good but what was archaic was how it's written in the back in the background what it was written in the 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 code stack that we used the sure um, technology that we were using was all outdated and it didn't really provide us a way into the future to do the things mm. that we wanted to do with it yeah and you guys are always forward thinkers um in terms of like yes yes it's going to provide a solution now but how easy is it to improve on or ramp up this for the future and you guys are always very in tune with that um yeah i think everyone I about you guys yeah, I think everyone's aware how quickly technology changes. Um, yeah, it's insane. And how quick yeah. it evolves. <laughs> and that's kind of where our headspace is. And Jordan can talk more about it. But with version three, it's really about like setting seismic up for the far future and what we can do with it and not having to like rewrite things like we've done in the past with version one to version two and version two to version three. Version three is going to be like a really strong base for future of seismic and all the things mm -hmm. that we want to do with it yeah every platform <clears throat> goes through what version one went through every every tech stack it's just a matter of how long it takes to get there um you know version one went through it very quickly um it became quite archaic rather fast because it was built on technology that was already starting to to be sunsetted Version two has a longer life to it, but eventually it will become archaic version two, which means we need to be working on the next version, version three, which we are. And that that is going to be on version three is going to be like what version two was to version one. So it's going to be faster. There's It's going to be simpler. The feature set, I think, is going to be a lot easier to understand it's going to be easier to use for, for clients. There was a lot of things that we did in version two that were very WAG specific. And not every gym wants to coach people like that. And we found, we found very often that sometimes WAG doesn't even want to coach the way WAG does it, right? Because there are people that come in, especially because early on in 2014, 2015, the people that WAG were really going after and, and, and appealing to were the people that were going to CrossFit gyms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that weightlifters, yeah. And they were typically younger younger chaps like Josh. <laughs> younger, I don't know and, how much younger, but yeah. yeah. It makes me feel really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and WAG over the years kind of changed its voice and its tune to speak to people outside of a certain uh, age range and ability. And I think even CrossFit sort of did the same thing. It wasn't, hey, you don't need to already be this young buff kid that can swing through the monkey bars. You can be mm -hmm. whatever age and at whatever stage in your life, come come work out with us and improve your health and your right. fitness, and you'll feel better. And 
you have people like that wanting to improve their life and they realize they've, they've hit a plateau and they have to change it in the kitchen. And that brings all sorts of walks of life. And with that brings all different challenges to the way coaches need to motivate and communicate and ultimately coach their clients. So seismic has to change and grow and evolve with that too. So seismic three really is going to be about allowing the business, whether it's working against gravity or whatever other business is using seismic along with the coaches to be able to coach how they want to coach within seismic. So as as an example, you might, and you can, you can do this, this now a little bit in seismic two, but seismic three is going to be on, it's like going to be on anabolic steroids. You, you might not want to be or, or have people focus on nutrition at all. Yeah. You might find out very quickly that, whoa, this, this tracking nutrition is we're, we're not there yet. We've got to unravel some stuff first. So what I'd want, I'm going to turn off all the nutrition stuff and I'm going to start making for you custom goals. Like I want you to take five minutes and just meditate every day, just five minutes. And then once you've started to unravel some of the issues that are preceding and getting in the way of them focusing on the nutrition, then you can start lighting up the nutrition aspect. Um, so, so version three is going to be like that. It's going to um, allow, like I said, the coaches to be able to coach people in the way they, they yeah, individually need to be coached. It, like, there's so much var- variance. There's so much variability, you know. Um, that's, the topic that's of version awesome. three is literally its own podcast. Like there's so much to say about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I think that everyone, w- when when it comes time for that to be released and like ready to, it's ready to rock, we should, prior to the release, yeah, we should come back and just do a, a whole podcast strictly on that. I'm totally, totally down for that. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. So uh, one thing we always like to ask is what's one piece of advice or a tip that you would want to give to people who are new to WAG um, and uh, recently joined or considering joining um, just about WAG in general or from your own personal experiences? The thing that I've noticed and the thing that I think about often, uh, when people join WAG, uh, you know, we've got this three-month commitment because we say, you know, it takes a little bit of time for people to get into the program and start seeing results. Um, but, I, but I really, there's there's two things I guess I would suggest. One is when you join WAG, you have to come in with a mindset of like, it may take longer than you expect to see the results that you want to see. I, I think everybody has like this vision in their mind of what they, what they want to get to and they think, oh, I, I can do this in a certain amount of time. But the reality is that it may take longer than what you expect to reach your goals. And that's not necessarily a negative thing. Um, but I think if people just have patience and give it time, once they really buy into the like WAG mindset and how we teach people to treat food in their lives and, and, and how that becomes like really, it, 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 it's a complete mindset change for a lot of people, the way we teach people to treat food. And so if they give themselves time to really like adapt that into their lives, they're going to see like it's, it's going to be completely life changing, but it may not seem that way at first. So just have patience, I think, is, is one of the things I would say to a lot of people that are just starting out because everybody wants that like fast fix. Right. Mm, and yeah. yeah this is not so much we're not offering a fast fix. We're, we're offering a long term lifestyle change Mm. something that you can change and maintain for your entire life Um, and obviously that kind of change sometimes takes longer than you might expect like Um, longer than a week like jordan expected to get jacked (laughs) yeah yeah okay it's like seismic seismic (laughs) one seismic three we're finally going to be jacked but it took us (laughs) it took us i mean it's not going to take you this long for to i don't think to reach your nutrition goals of what seven years now we've been working on seismic eight years yeah and it's finally going to be jacked but uh Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes it takes uh you know there's different versions of yourself i guess as you go Mm. through the nutrition journey 
before you get to that like final you know super saiyan or whatever <laughs> version of yourself yeah i love it um, that's a good analogy yeah for real <laughs> yeah 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 for real <laughs> so so like, like that's the main thing i i think of because i see a lot of people that like join and they're like oh the end of the three month commitment comes and they're like ah oh, i haven't you know i wanted to be completely jacked and lose 100 pounds and you know it's been three months i haven't got there peace out guys i'm gonna go look for something else yeah mm-hmm. um and that's just like it's an it's an it's an unrealistic expectation um so i'll say that and then the other thing is that and this is difficult i think for some people it is for myself but you really have to like trust your coaches because i think people come in and like sometimes you guys tell them things that they don't expect or that they're like oh i don't know if this is gonna work for me I, I, you guys don't know me and so then they don't really commit to mm-hmm. to what you, what our coaches are telling them and then they fail and they're like, well, it didn't work for me. But for it to work, you really got to have like 100% buy-in. You've really got to buy in to what your coaches are telling you. And you've really got to like commit to what they're asking you to do. Even if it's, and it may be very difficult for some people to do that. Um, but if you do listen to your coaches, I mean, we have, I can't even tell you, numerous, innumerable success stories of people that completely buy in and now their lives are changed forever mm-hmm. because of being on the WAG program. Yeah, man. Yes, because they trusted the process. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Patient. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just got to you got to forget everything you know and just be and yeah. put aside all of your biases and and just have complete buy-in and it it will work. Yes. Agreed. Take it. Yeah. How about, how about you, Jordan? What's uh, one piece of advice or a tip that you would give to people? The first thing that came to my mind <clears throat> was exactly what Matthew said. Um, and I, I suppose I could put it a little bit differently, and that is uh, don't give up. Never surrender. Don't compare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Never surrender. Don't compare yourself mm-hmm. to others. And appreciate your accomplishments. That's good. And I think that goes for anything that you do, no matter what your, what your goal is. You could think about what Matthew and I have been able to accomplish and where we came from with Seismic, or you could think about this from the perspective of where you are right now, thinking about maybe starting a nutrition journey. Um, you know, when you first start off on a journey of growth, and Matthew kind of alluded to this, you have this vision of the end, you know, where we see ourselves having made it and accomplished our goal, you know, we're jacked. And that vision of Jack (laughs) Jordan is, it's like the analgesic that numbs the thoughts of the challenges I know I'm going to hit. Like, I'll be fine. I just keep thinking about how huge I'm going to be. Whatever challenge I get, I'll be able to work through. Jack Jordan definitely numbs my thoughts, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) thanks and so we we reassure ourselves that we know there's going to be challenges Mm -hmm. and you know well well, we're we're gonna we're gonna face them but the ending is going to be you know it's going to be glorious but we all know no matter what we do it that thing fades that idea fades the that vision of the end kind of fades and that first challenge hits. It's the first thing that we, we come across and man, does it feel more real than we thought it was going to feel. And I think the common knee jerk reaction to this is to kind of check ourselves by comparing. And what we should do is we should compare ourselves to where we were a week or a month or a year ago, but we don't do that. We compare ourselves to the people that we look up to. And, you know, the people that we consider to have already made it. And, you know, the ones that, the ones that we would like to be, and we're, you know, we're probably looking to these people because they provide a clear vision for our goal. And we're no longer using the vision for motivation. We're, we're using it to compare. Um, and so by doing this, we, kind of create this impossible scenario of us being able to compare ourselves to someone who's actually put in the work, which by the way, often goes unpublished. Mm 
You know, you don't see the yeah, failure, course. the struggle, the of endless course. hours of work. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, yeah. the, the the endless hours. <clears throat> and then, and that's what it takes to achieve a truly worthwhile goal. If somebody was was to say to me and outline all of the stuff that Matthew and I would had to have done in order to get to where we are today, I don't think I would have done it. I would have said, I can't. Yeah, isn't do that, that crazy? That's for somebody far more intelligent, far more interesting, somebody who's got it together, who knows this stuff, who's a real programmer. Not me. I can't do that. And that's who you, when we start on a journey and, you know, we compare ourselves to, we're comparing ourselves impossibly to these people that we just aren't there yet. And we set up the trap for quitting. And we might start to think, oh, well, this is, you know, this is taking too long. It's easier. It's easy for for these other people, you know. Maybe I'm just not this type of person to do this, or you know, at this rate, I'll never get. I'll never get there. And I I can assure you that the individuals you look up to have hit the same challenges. The only difference is they That's didn't right. quit. They just and they also just started a long time before you did. And so now it's your mm-hmm. turn to start. Right. And perhaps one day somebody somewhere will be looking up to you. That's great. Um, That's great. But this is why it's good to have a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they'll they'll be telling you all of this stuff. And when you want to go down the wrong path, the coach will say, No, no, no. Right. Just you're doing good. Your cadence is good. You're doing the work. This is what this other person who you look up to had to do. This is what they were doing. You're doing it. You're gonna get there. That's you know, that's why I wanted a coach. I wanted somebody to tell me if I was going in the right direction sure, yeah. or the wrong direction, which leads to what Matthew said, trust the process, trust your coach. Yeah. That's why they're there. 100%. Bingo, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's it. That's so much. I'm like, I'm making notes <laughs> for the, uh, the write up. <laughs> and there's like so many, so many good things. Uh, both of you just said some like amazing things. Um, it's a, uh, I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty great way to like close up the podcast if I'm being honest but uh but there's I got one more question for you and that one more question and then uh we'll go ahead and wrap this one up so I want to say thank you both very much uh for coming on today um fascinating topic it, 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 like learning the ins and outs of how the programs and the the infrastructure works like behind the scenes is always fascinating to me and I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners that would agree with that too so thank you for sharing all that with us today you're very welcome i hope i didn't get too <laughs> no no that's good with it. that's good we love it we love it um mm-hmm. lastly uh for both of you last question what's something that most people may not know about you how about we go with matthew oh man i was hoping you would go with jordan oh <laughs> well, i have a i have a i have a i do have a question okay. while matthew thinks about this from what perspective? Because the average person listening to this podcast, I mean, I could I could tell them that I have blue pants on, and that would be something that they didn't know about me. Well, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, like uh, one of uh, Amy, one of the WAG coaches, said that she grew up on a farm and was like an onion farmer when she was younger. You know, mm-hmm. so so that was something that I mean, you know, was was totally like out of left field no one would really know that so just like a fun just something fun fun fact well i i i have a i have a great idea for matthew yeah maybe maybe we flip it right maybe jordan you tell us something about matthew that most people wouldn't know and then matthew tells us something about that's pretty cool that's pretty good people wouldn't know it's pretty good (laughs) <laughs> well, I think a lot of people at Working Against Gravity, you know, all of the all of us who work together knows this. So mm-hmm. this is kind of cheating, but I think it's kind of cool because you don't expect a person to have this in their house. And my god, has he done an amazing job with it. He has he's actually in it right now, but he has mm-hmm. a movie studio. A literal movie theater in his in his house that I kid you not you go, you watch a movie in his theater and then you go watch a movie at a real theater and you're sitting there and you're like, I paid for this. 
his movie theater literally is amazing. It is wow. absolutely amazing. And it is like the projector on his ceiling is like <laughs> this big laser projector. The screen, his whole room's painted black. He's got sound. Yeah, you can see some panels on behind the walls. Me. Yeah, he's got, we can't yep. see anything behind you. He's, he's, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's got leather chairs that recline. Uh, speakers, Atmos speakers on the ceiling everywhere. I mean, it's just, it is, it is an experience. If you That's ever want to cool. watch your favorite movie, That's go to Matthew's cool. house. Yeah. I'll put the, we'll put oh, his no. address Sounds in the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess that is a, that is a fun, fun fact about me. That's like my other hobby. So, you know, Josh That's mentioned awesome. photography at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when I'm at home, I spend quite a bit of time like, and it's not just like that it, I built the theater or whatever. It's, I mean, it is all DIY. I didn't hire any contractors or anything, so I did it all myself. Um, wow. But, yeah, I spend a lot of time up here just tweaking and awesome. adding components, changing components. Um, yeah, I'm really passionate about it, which is, you know, kind of an interesting thing to be passionate about because then I'm just kind of a vegetable sitting here watching and listening to things. But <laughs> it is a lot of fun, I and I just – I've always loved technology. Like I said, you know, I was on the, the Internet basically from – the inception of when WWW came around, I've just always been interested in all things tech and audio and video and all that. So yeah, it's like awesome. my big thing. Awesome. What so is now, one of your favorite movies to watch in oh. there? Oh my God. Oh, yeah, Jordan's always talking about Sister Act. Uh, <laughs> it just hits differently in. down there. Yeah. Back well, in I the have, habit. Um, I have a pretty extensive movie collection. Um, it's like imagine. a whole room of nothing but movies. Um, I actually love like the golden age of Hollywood. Um, hmm. I would say probably like an, one of my favorite old movies would be something like Laura. Uh, it's like an old like film noir. I love like the noir movies from like the 40s and 50s where everybody's like, you know, drinking and smoking and someone's getting murdered. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, I love, I don't know. I, I really like those old movies um, like that. So. Yeah, probably, maybe that one. I wouldn't expect that. That's yeah, surprising. Same, same. Yeah, I mean, I, wa- yeah. I watch all kinds of stuff, but I really, I really go towards the old stuff. So I love mm-hmm. it. So okay, Matthew, now it's your turn for Jordan. Well, What's I something mean, while we're talking, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I might as well stick to the same topic then. I, while I have a, a movie theater, Jordan has a full-on like recording studio just to the right or left of him depending on which way you see his video i guess on this um that he built in his basement which is just i mean it's it's even more top-notch than my theater as far as you know studios go he did it right he you know built a room within a room so you can completely decouple Mm -hmm. you know you want to decouple your room where you're actually recording or even in a theater same kind of premise you want to decouple your room that you're in from the outside of the rest of the space. And he did that. He has it completely soundproofed. He's got so many amazing synthesizers and cool things that he uses for his ambient music, which I don't think we actually said the name of his, um, his project. We need to name drop that. Um, so people can check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Can... I'll be uh, putting that in the show notes. Uh, but for those yeah. listening, it's uh, jordanlake.bandcamp.com. And that's J O U R D A N L A I K.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Or you can look him up on Spotify as well. Yeah. We need to put some sweet photos. Yeah. I've got a solo, solo project, which is just my name. And then I've got a collaborative project with Philip Wilkerson. And we call ourselves Time Being. Mm-hmm. So. That's the that's the the collaborative effort. Time being is on Spotted Peccary <laughs> Records, so that's the record mm. deal I've got with them. That's super cool. Um, I'll, I'll say this about it. Jordan's music, though. Which, like the new stuff that he's been working on, uh, Jordan's put a lot of like time and effort into like growing his abilities. You know, he's taking all these different lessons for piano and guitar and all these various instruments, but even just his last album to the stuff he's let me hear that he's working on now mm-hmm. it is it is really becoming like what he's putting out now is like very cinematic and just like so amazing um he's really come a far away i would say in like this past year even from what is out there now so 
definitely stay tuned for that because it's is really good the stuff that he's working on now that's going to be put out i don't know when but yeah, it's something it. to look forward to for sure yeah we're excited thank you matthew you're the first person to ever say that <laughs> probably the last but you know <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. okay i'll keep it right in my that's heart awesome. that's so thank exciting you. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much information with everyone. Um, and uh, like I said, when when Seismic Three, when we get ready to launch that, or I should say, when you guys get ready to launch that and release it to the public, we're gonna do another one. So, thank yes. you all very much for coming on today. Yeah.